I'm Jason Notorious, and this is SPE Talks to Shauna Noonan. Welcome to the SPE Podcast. If you haven't subscribed yet, we encourage you to do so. It's a great way to keep up with the latest oil and gas technical trends and valuable information. As is our monthly tradition, 2020 SPE President Shauna Noonan joining us in studio to discuss her column. Thanks so much for being here. Oh, great to be here. We're going to talk unconventional resources, a hot topic globally, so we're really looking forward to talking about this, but I want to begin with South America, Argentina to be specific. That's going to be the host site for the upcoming SPE board meeting, and it's your first presiding as president. Yes, something I've been not only excited and looking forward to, but also been working very hard in preparation for it. The March board meeting is usually has two very significant items on the agenda. One is to approve the budget. What a lot of people don't realize is SBE's fiscal year goes from April 1st to March 31st. So now we're looking at uh, our overall budget for the starting April 1st of 2020. And then the second uh, big item is approving the next slate of directors and the next SBE president. You'll be seeing some announcements about that right after the board makes the, those approvals. We can't get any teases in the podcast? No, 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 no advanced knowledge? <laughs> <laughs> so why did you pick Argentina? Well, I picked Argentina for two main reasons. One has to do with membership. We have three fantastic sections in Argentina. And again, we have fantastic members. I think the thing is, there's so much more opportunity to actually have more members in those sections. And one of the things we struggle with, and it's not unique to Argentina, it's South America overall, is we struggle with not only retaining, but also growing our membership because most of the oil and gas companies down there don't allow their employees to expense their SBE membership. Or in some cases, they'll allow one membership, just like my employer did in Canada, and typically you go and expense the, mo the most expensive. At least in my case in Canada, when I would expense my, um, my, my obligation to for the engineering association uh, that was up there, I still on my own paid for my own SB membership because I saw that as investment in myself. And the unique thing with uh, South America is that a lot of people don't really see the value in paying for an SP membership themselves. And we do have different fee structures around the world. And in South America, we have probably one of the lower fee, uh, fee structures. And still, people just don't see the value in an SP membership. So by bringing the entire board down there, and to be doing some good face-to-face -face interactions and engagements with the, not only the current sections, but also to uh, some of the bigger oil and gas companies, maybe we can start increasing our foothold down there. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to hearing your experiences and the board's experiences from this trip as well. I'm sure we can follow some of what you're doing on social media, so I'll go ahead and include your, your Twitter handle on there for people to see as well as in the show notes of this episode, I'm going to put in the join and renew links for SPE, just for anyone who may need to renew their membership still or is interested in joining and wants to see steps that they can take in order to do that. Excellent. Now, I just explained the one reason 
that um, I was bringing the board to Argentina. And the second reason is the subject of my column, which is increasing the knowledge transfer in unconventionals. And this is a, a great continuation of your entire series, which is strengthening the core. So why are you specifying unconventional resources in this column? Well, getting to the core, let's look at SBE's mission, where the first seven words are to collect, disseminate, and exchange technical knowledge. You know, these are the three fundamental objectives of our society. And we proactively seek out the technical knowledge that not only our members need, but that the industry requires to meet the world's demand for oil and gas. Now, collecting this information can be challenging, especially if there are people out there who aren't willing or, in some cases, aren't even allowed to share it. And this proved especially challenging in the area of unconventional shales when SBE started to hold conferences on it uh, over a decade ago. Now, at that time... Papers authored by knowledgeable operators were few and far between. And the rationale adopted by many operators was that technical information about their company's shale assets was actually confidential. And by withholding it, there was the mindset that they would gain some sort of competitive advantage. And this was also very problematic for academia who were, they were trying to solve the complex problems of the unconventional reservoirs but then they weren't getting access to the data. And, you know, any sort of data or research that were done with the universities too, in, in, in many cases, they weren't allowed to publish their works on it because the companies were requiring with a funding that, that still remained confidential. So where are we seeing some of this data now? Because I know that some of the data has become a little bit more available as of late. It's slowly coming. And I want to give kudos to ConocoPhillips, who recently donated a cleaned and uh, autonomized data set that comprises of uh, drilling, completions, and other well data from their unconventional place to the University of Texas at Austin. This data donation allowed the UT professors to formulate real-world data analytic problems for their student teams to solve. And the champion, or the sponsor of this, was ConocoPhillips CTO Greg Lavelle. And in my article, I have a quote from him where he states that the oil and natural gas industry is increasingly utilizing leading-edge data science techniques to find, develop, and produce hydrocarbon resources more effectively. And ConocoPhillips believes it is important to support universities' efforts to build programs to teach petroleum engineering students the fundamental and foundational data science skills they need to maximize their contributions to the ENP industry after they graduate. I want to mention too from my column last month about mentors, Greg Lavelle is also uh, a mentor for me as well. So not only is he a fantastic CTO for uh, a great oil and gas company, but he's also been a great mentor for me and along with many others. I think that everything that you just mentioned there also speaks well into two months ago where you were talking about strengthening the feedstock because this is all coming full circle right now. In some aspects, I want to break a, a circle. And it has to do in the fact that, you know, the way we disseminate and exchange information, we've been getting better at it within SPE, but I really want to challenge is do we need to kind of not 
necessarily break the cycle, but even change course as to are we actually doing a good enough job with the way we disseminate. And then by looking at the unconventional resources, I'm challenging that are we even doing enough? Should we be doing more with the knowledge transfer of the unconventional sales? We'd actually like to hear your feedback on this. So if you have thoughts on that question, whether or not we should be doing more on the knowledge transfer to unconventional shales, send us a message on social media. Use the hashtag SPE podcast. Love to talk to you about that. Where are some of these plays? Because sometimes I think that people get bogged down thinking that shale is a U.S. thing, but it's so much more than that because this is actually happening all around the globe, right? Oh, definitely. And as I've been uh, attending conferences around the world, too, unconventional seems to appear on everybody's agenda, even in Saudi Arabia at the IPTC, which was held there in January. There were several sessions just dedicated on the subject of unconventionals. Now, in my column, when I do, you know, focus on some of the different areas around the world. And of course, I, I do have to start with what you mentioned, the United States. And look, the shale revolution, it's made the U.S. a top producer. And, and this has actually brought newfound energy security to the country. You know, and the, the big event for knowledge dissemination in the U.S. shales is the Unconventional Resources Technology Exhibition and Conference, or otherwise known as ERTEC. This is now an annual event, and it's a collaboration between SBE, AAPG, SEG, and then there's actually nine other endorsing organizations, and it has become very successful, and it brings the engineers and the geoscientists together. And that's something that's unique about the shales, too, where the geosciences and the engineering, we we have to be uh, in collaboration with one another to unlock the potential of these shales. And I remember when Ertech started in 2013, and it has actually moved around to different locations in the U.S., and it's become huge. The last one had more than 6,000 participants and over 300 technical presentations. And the Hydraulic Fracturing Conference, too, which was uh, just held in February, it was large, too. I think it had almost 3,600 people at it. And, of course, the topic of unconventionals was predominant all through that. So we do have a lot of events going on in the U.S. and a lot of knowledge being shared. It is growing in other parts of the globe, but I'd actually like to see it grow more. Well, let's go ahead and talk about those other regions. We have Australia. Now, most of the unconventional gas in Australia comes from coal seam gas reservoirs located in Queensland. But in 2018... The Northern Territory, the government lifted its moratorium against hydraulic fracturing and now promising uh, shale plays such as the Beetaloo Basin. They're now being developed. But, you know, it also they have their share of challenges such as uh, hole stability during drilling. But still that basin shows tremendous potential. And building on the success of the ERTEC events in the United States, the very first international ERTEC was held just last fall in the city of Brisbane. And I was fortunate to attend this conference and learn more about what makes the shale basins in Australia and Asia Pacific unique. I do want to hear more about those unique basins, but it is time for a quick break. More with 2020 SPE President Shauna Noonan in just a moment. 
First, we wanted to remind you about SPE's online education resource. Whether you prefer live or on-demand training, join our industry experts as they explore solution to real problems and discuss trending topics. Take yourself to greater depths right from your desktop with SPE Online Education. Learn more at webevents.spe.org. Welcome back to the SPE Podcast. I'm Jason Natoris. We're in studio with 2020 SPE President Shauna Noonan discussing strengthening the knowledge transfer in unconventional resources, part of her series on strengthening the core. A minute ago, you mentioned the uniqueness of shale basins in Australia and the Asia Pacific. Can you give us an example? Well, I'd like to be more specific about China because here's a country too where the government sees the uh, the value of the unconventional basins in their own country, and they've actually set production targets and really pushing for the development of them. And there were several speakers from China at the event in Brisbane, and one of them in particular, he was an expert on the coal scene. And I had no idea all the different types of coal but one of the, uh, I guess, for lack of a better term, source rocks that they're trying to deal with in China is that the coal itself, the source rock, is almost like a powder. And so can you imagine even just trying to drill into that and have any amount of uh, stability? Also, at the same time, it's hazardous as far as uh, igniting that coal. And uh, yeah, it was, it was quite fascinating. And we'll go ahead, and if it is available, share the link to that in the show notes of this podcast. So let's turn our attention back to where you're having the board meeting in March. That's Argentina. A lot of discussion about the Vaca Muerta there and the positive impact that it's having on the nation. About 23% of Argentina's total uh, natural gas production actually comes from the Vaca Muerta, yet only 4% of its acreage is actually in development. The second largest producer there now, it's a company called Vista Oil and Gas, and really they've only been around for just over a year. And they are the second large, second largest producer in the Vaca Morta and only eight wells, which is amazing. So you can imagine the, the volume that's coming just from those eight wells. Now, through the continued development of the Vaca Morta, Argentina has the potential to become less dependent on imports and strengthen its economy. Now, over the past year, I have traveled to Argentina to visit with active operators in the Vaca Morta to understand what SBE can do to help them advance their technical understanding. With our extensive knowledge base, our support can ensure that they quickly ascend the learning curve by studying the successes and failures in other global basins. Along with the board meeting, I am uh, using the power of my technical directors in that when I looked to see who my technical directors were, I realized that I had basically subject matter experts in unconventionals as my technical directors. So what I'm doing a day ahead of the board meeting is a special strategic discussion with the technical directors engaging with local operators and service providers to really figure out, okay, what's unique to Argentina? What are some state-of-the-art innovations in all disciplines, drilling, completions, production, uh, reservoir, that can actually have application to help those in the Vaca Morta get up the learning curve? When I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, we're, we're trying to show the value of being an SPE member. 
that one day strategic discussion, it's open for people to attend only if they're SBE members. Great incentive right there. A big part of my strengthening the core, again, is to increase the value of being an SBE member. I really think we give too much away for free. And I'm trying to come up with more incentives, whether it's tools or events, that only SPE members can access. Oh, and I, I need to mention with Argentina too, what, we've already talked about the bigger tech event in the US and how the first international one was in Brisbane. Well, the second international one is actually gonna be in Buenos Aires this November. So I think the call for, call for papers is out right now. And I highly encourage anybody that's either doing business in the Vaca Mortar or wants to understand more about it, that they actually go to that event. Yeah, the call for papers is open right now. The event takes place in mid-November 2020. If you want to learn more, you can visit urtech.org slash Latin America slash 2020. We'll include that link in the show notes. Really neat to see how much Urtech is starting to move around as well. Well, they are. And also, too, SBE does have their own unconventional events as well. And there has been one and will continue to be one actually hosted by the SB section in Argentina. And I believe that will be in the spring of 2021. Even though we're sharing and we're publishing more and more information about the unconventionals, there's still so many pieces of it that remain unsolved. Each January issue of JPT, they have the technical directors talk about what their challenges or their outlook is for the year. And I highlighted comments from both our reservoir technical director as well as our completions technical director. Now, our technical director for reservoir is Dr. Ertel Oskan from Colorado School of Mines. And he was quoted as saying that he believes the industry has placed so much focus on drilling and completions in the unconventionals that it's neglected the advancement of reservoir technologies. And then our technical director for completions, Terry Pollich with Carbo, he's, he was quoted as saying that as unconventional space matures, both problems and solutions are becoming more complex and that we're trying to figure out how do we go from a 10% to a 50% recovery in a sustainable manner. And I do want to add that there was a whole panel at the very end of the hydraulic fracturing conference put together and the room was packed and you know it's a hot topic when it's the last thing at the end of the day at the end of a conference and everybody is still there standing room only standing room only and it it was featuring the the topic of casing deformations and it was actually highlighted to i believe in the january or the february jpt but this is a, a a common problem across all basins. We're seeing casing deformation issues in China as well as the U.S. and Canada. So again, that's something that we ha we haven't figured out yet. And there are so many commonalities like that because so often you hear, well, this is how they're doing it in Saudi Arabia, but there's no way that will work in my situation in Canada. Or someone else may say from the Permian, well, I I'm not going to be able to replicate the success of what's happened in either North or South Africa. Why do we need to take those statements with a grain of salt? And are they even really that valid? Or is it just an easy excuse to kind of lay a crutch on? 
Jason, you hit the nail on the head in the fact that we need to eliminate this mindset of if it's not invented here, it won't work. And I hear that a lot in the unconventional space. Now, we need to stop developing in geographical silos and become open to the potential that there may be lessons to be learned from other basins around the world. Yes, granted, the rock is not identical. However, we should be open to the fact that there could be one valuable nugget to be learned from one basin that can be used in another. And as far as the geographical silos, we also need to stop operating in functional silos. Now, this process of extracting hydrocarbons from these complex reservoirs, they require a relentless collaboration. And I've mentioned the collaboration about between the engineers and the geoscientists, but this is expanding it to collaboration between operators, service providers, and members of the academic community. And it's more than just submitting papers to one Petro in hopes that our members will find the content. We must hold events in these developing basins and proactively provide our members with the latest technology and applications to be successful. And that's what I'm doing with this uh, technical directors event in uh, Buenos Aires is trying to be proactive with getting the latest innovations from the subject matter experts into Argentina and, and help with the vodka morta. Now, being a member of SB allows us to think bigger, you know, far beyond generating cash flow and shareholder returns. By being more proactive and strategic with our knowledge transfer, I think that is part of the bigger picture. We are a part of the energy solution that will eliminate energy poverty and increase the global standard of living. And the unconventional shales they're a significant part of us being able to deliver on that. Now, we all need to work together to eliminate these steep learning curves in all these basins so that no one starts near the bottom. And it all begins with proactively and openly doing what we say in SPE's mission statement, which is collecting, disseminating, and exchanging technical knowledge. So I'm glad that you bring all that up because SPE does offer a variety of membership benefits that are exclusive to the SPE members, and Speed Connect is one of them. The e-mentoring program, which is, which is a really great initiative where you can connect one-on-one globally with someone who could help advance your career, or if you're a mentor, giving back to the industry that's given you so much. There's also the competence management tools. So what else is there out there that is exclusive to SPE members? Well, the one that we've launched just last fall was the app, the SPE app. You can only access the uh, the content on it through that tool. And that's one of the, I guess, actions that the board is acting on and also trying to build on this year is creating more content and tools that will be unique just for SPE members. Now, stay tuned with the app that's on the phone because there is going to be a lot more associated with it. And also stay tuned to some of my um, future columns and actually future podcasts because I'm I'm not going to reveal yet what those exclusive items for SB members are going to be. 
you'll just stay tuned. <laughs> You're getting all giddy just, just like trying to hold back, not actually telling us what's going to be there. So I am excited to, to find out. I'm also in mystery right now, not knowing what new is coming and what will be rolled out in the future. But the anticipation is there. Question of the month is next. But first, let's just take one last break. SPE members get up to a 50% discount in the SPE bookstore. Visit store.spe.org to look for your next reading material. And watch out for SPE's new book, Hydraulic Fracturing, Fundamentals and Advancement. Welcome back. In coordination with Shauna's column, each month we also like to ask you, the listener, a question. We'll even be reading some of the responses on future podcasts. So here we go. The question of the month. What topics do you think SPE needs to be more proactively addressing towards members? All right, we want to hear from you on this, so email your responses to president at spe.org. That was, what topics do you think SPE needs to be more proactively addressing towards members? Shauna, thanks so much for being here today to discuss your column. Great conversation back and forth. I love how we can talk about events and membership and how they all relate to one another. And at the end of the day, I'm picking up a big sense of the theme of collaboration. Definitely. And when you're um, mentioning the thank yous and question of the month, I'd actually want to put out a huge thank you to all the members that have been responding to my questions. I think the one article that created the most, I guess, conversation or dialogue between myself and members was the January topic on attracting and retaining the top talent. I got a lot of tweets as well as emails from some members with very interesting stories and also viewpoints on how SBE can uh, continue to attract that top talent. All right. Thank you so much. Everyone listening, let's keep the conversation going. Use the hashtag SPE podcast to reach us on social. Looking for the latest episodes? Search The SPE Podcast on Apple or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Please leave those five-star reviews. We appreciate hearing your feedback. You can find us online at spe.org slash podcast. Special thanks to this episode's guest, 2020 SPE President Shauna Noonan. I'm Jason Notoris, and thanks for listening. SPE Podcast is powered by the Society of Petroleum Engineers the largest individual member organization serving managers, engineers, scientists, and other professionals worldwide in the upstream segment of the oil and gas industry. Learn more at sbe.org.